16 through 18. Uh, but I believe the Lord will have us read the entire psalm. And uh, if it strikes you just right, holler amen. Or say thank God. Look at verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. Praise him, O ye servants of the Lord. Ye that stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God, praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it's pleasant. For the Lord hath chosen uh, Jacob unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar treasure. For I know that the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleaseth, that did he in heaven, and in earth, and in the sea, and all the deep places. He causeth the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He maketh lightnings for the rain. He bringeth the wind out of his treasuries. Who smote the firstborn of Egypt, both of man and beast. Who sent tokens and wonders in the midst of thee, O Egypt, and Pharaoh, and upon all his servants. Who smote great nations and slew mighty kings. Sion, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and all the kingdoms of Canaan. Gave their land for an heritage, and an heritage unto the Israelite people. Thy name, O Lord, endureth forever. And thy memorial, O Lord, throughout all generations. For the Lord will judge his people. And he repent himself concerning his servants. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not, neither is there any breath in their mouths. They that make them are like unto them, so is everyone that trusteth in them. Bless the Lord, O house of Israel. Bless the Lord, O house of Aaron. Bless the Lord, O house of Levi. Ye that fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless me the Lord out of Zion which dwelleth at Jerusalem, praise ye the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence, we want to do what's right this morning. We want to be in your will, God, and we want to say every word that you'd have us to say and not a word extra. Lord, and so we pray this morning that you would receive glory from today's service. That's all I want. If you'll be glorified out of the service time, if you'll receive glory unto yourself from the preaching, Lord, then I'll be satisfied with what happens here today. And so I just pray today, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, that you'd help us to give you glory. Lord, sitting before us is a congregation of people. Everyone in this congregation has a reason to praise you. Lord, they're breathing today. God, many of them saved and on their way to heaven. Lord, we're without excuse to praise you and honor you and glorify you. God, would you settle in this place this morning? Lord, would you manifest yourself and make yourself real? God, I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit, God, would do his work. 
We'll thank you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The 135th Psalm. It's like a lot of Psalms. It's a invitation to worship. And can I say to you this morning that worship should come naturally to those of us that are in the Lord's house. Worship should come as naturally as breathing. It's why we came. We didn't come to see or be seen. We came to glorify and honor the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the psalmist gives us reasons why we should honor him. We are told that we should honor him because he's good and because he's pleasant. How many of you could agree with me on this thought this morning? God is good. He is pleasant. But not only is he good and not only is he pleasant, but the psalmist said we should glorify God because he is powerful. He's a powerful God. He's my God. The psalmist here paints one of the greatest pictures one of the greatest pictures of God's power in creation. Look what he said. He is a creating God. Look at verse 2. The Bible said there in the 135th verse 2, Ye that stand in the house of the Lord in the courts of the house of God, praise the Lord for He's good. Sing praise to His name for He's pleasant. Look at verse 4. For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself and Israel's peculiar treasure. For I know... That the Lord is great, and that our Lord is above all gods. Whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth and in the sea and in all the deep places. So the psalmist said, when God decided, he did. Whatever he pleased, he did. He goes on to say that he keeps the wind in his treasuries. Somebody said, what is the wind? Where does the wind come from? You ever thought about that? The wind blows. Where did that come? Where did the wind come from? Yesterday we was on that airplane. We get in that turbulence. Where did that come from? The pilot got on there and he said, some of this turbulence we'll be able to see and forecast, but some of it's unexpected. The wind just comes out of nowhere. Where does that come from? Science can't explain it. Science can't explain it. I tell you what it is. Somewhere, Brother Marvin, in a treasury, God's got some wind. Every now and again, he opens the box. You say, you believe that? I believe that. Absolutely, I do. God is a powerful God. We serve a powerful God. And if he's that powerful, he's worthy of our praise at the Concord Baptist Church on a Sunday morning. The psalmist, he begins to draw a contrast. He said, there's some little G gods out there, Brother Neil, and they've got ears, but they can't hear. He said, they got a mouth, but they can't speak. He said, they got eyes, but they cannot see. These are the little idolatrous gods. I believe that idolatry is the greatest sin in the Bible. I believe that. I believe it's followed very closely by pride. And a lot of times idolatry and pride go together. But I believe idolatry is the greatest sin in the Bible. So I'm going to tell you something. God will share his grace and God will share his, his, his goodness, but he's not going to share his glory with anybody. 
And man, how many of you will agree with me right here? Man has within himself a desire to worship something. And when he don't worship the God of heaven, he'll make a God up. And it's been done throughout the centuries. Man will take a little uh, a piece of gold or a piece of silver and form and fashion some little god and set it on the, uh, set it on the counter. And, and they'll worship a god that they created with their own hands. And Paul, when he, was, when he was preaching to those uh, folks at Mars Hill, he said, God doesn't dwell in a tabernacle built by man. In other words, friend, we don't build God. God builds us. We don't create God. God created us. But there's a lot of people on this planet still yet today worshiping idol gods. Now, you may not know anybody that has a little statue that they bow down to. You may. You may know somebody that rubs Buddha's belly or whatever the case may be. And I never have figured that out. You know, if I was going to design a God, he wouldn't have a big old pot belly. You know, I'd make him look, oh, where's my God? And he's going to die, but there he is. You probably don't know anybody that's got little trinkets set up and they, they bow down to them and, and pray to them and all that. But we know a lot of people that idolize a lot of things. I believe there's a lot of people in the United States of America that have made ball and ball players and ball teams and uh, movie actors and all kinds. They've made them people their idols. They just as well as to bow down and pray to them at night. Uh, it's, it's all they think, whether it's a, a, a singing artist or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of different people got a lot of different idols. You know what God said? God said none of them can hear, none of them can smell, none of them can taste, none of them can see. But how many of you are glad this morning that we've got a God that can do all those things? Now the deists believe that God just don't care. He can see, but he don't care. If things are going good, that's okay with God. If things are going bad, they kind of believe like the old grandfather clock that one day God reached over and pushed the pendulum and got it to swinging and got it to going, but then he's just been hands off ever since. But I'm going to tell you that the Bible teaches us that God is not only a God that sees and hears, but he's a God that's involved. Amen. So for a few weeks, I'm going to be in this psalm probably. And I'm going to preach on a God who feels. Now that's strange. We feel. We have feelings. We see here. We were created in his image, taste and smell. But would you believe that God also sees, hears, tastes? He, he tastes. Smells. Oh, yeah. He is a God that perceives. He is a God. I'm glad the Bible said that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are. I'm glad to report to you that we got a God that sees and hears and tastes and smells and perceives and has an interest in everybody in this building. We launched off. Get, hey, get ready for some airplane messages. And some tree messages and some ocean messages. I got some, I, I got them storehoused up. 
we took off on that big jet liner. And I've changed my mind about flying. Y'all know I said, I don't want to fly. I ain't going to fly. But I've decided that is the way to travel. I'm telling you, just sit back and fly. And so I even got me one of them Chase airline miles cards. And I've been swiping it on everything. I want to bank me up some airline miles. They don't tell me where I'm going. I got on that big old airplane. It took off. Uh, I got Life 360 on my phone. Anybody else got that? Know what I'm talking about? Life 360, and it, it tracks you. It tracks all my youngins. I love it. That way, I can just look at it and say, "Hey, here's where Trey's at, and here's how fast he's going." And, and it tells you if you've had a sudden acceleration or a sudden braking. Well, I know you're supposed to put it on airplane mode when you get on the airplane, but I forgot to put it on airplane mode. And so yesterday, I'm looking at our our day, and I and it's got all these alerts. Bradley had a Sudden acceleration. Bradley had a speed in excess of 100 miles an hour. <laughs> when did I go that fast? It's clocking my, I got to show you a map. It was at Denver Airport on the, on the airstrip. That, my phone's going crazy. I go, whoa, sudden acceleration. Up about 160 miles an hour. What are you doing? We took off, got up above them clouds leveled off and I got to looking around and thinking and I got a lot of thoughts I was telling this morning in the prayer room I thought a lot about the rapture I thought a lot about it I got thinking about getting above the clouds getting above the smoke I got messages I'm gonna preach on all that but I tell you what I really got thinking about brother Neil I was looking down there at that earth and it was getting smaller and smaller and them cars disappeared them people disappeared and you can look out and there's crops and there's roads. And I was thinking about a God. How, I got the, here's how my mind works. I thought, reckon this is what God sees when he looks out of heaven. Looks down on the land. And I was thinking about, reckon what God sees. We was flying along. And uh, I'd say, look yonder, it's a big lake. I'd say, look yonder, there's a, look at all these crops. I was amazed at how many people plant their crops in a circle. I never thought about that. They had a lot of circular fields. I said, look at all that. I said, look at that big old river. Here comes an interstate. One time I heard, and another airplane flew under us. Said, that seemed a little close. Somebody call up there and tell the pilot. I might need to get up there and help him. That was a little, a little close. You see all those things from way up yonder. Now think about reckon what God sees. Reckon what he's looking at. 